The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. We are still going. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by Steve Alexander. We're going to hit, a, as always, a wide range of topics, a couple updates on some young players who had slightly disappointing seasons but still have plenty of upside in DeAndre Hunter and Larry Markinen. We're going to look at what could potentially happen with the NBA season resuming, and we're going to talk uh, a little bit of Kyle Lowry and uh, what a kind of quietly remarkable career and longevity he's had in addition to revisiting our favorite topic, what happens to NBA players when they turn 30. So right now we're going to bring in Steve Alexander. Steve, how are you? Uh, I am well. Great. Just hanging out in the war zone. Everything, Everything is closed. Everybody's wearing masks. Uh, just like it is everywhere, everywhere else. How are you keeping yourself uh, entertained there? A lot of Romy Cube. Okay. A lot of Romy. I got destroyed last night by my wife and my daughter. Uh, I think I lost all four games. I'm not a, a big Romy Cube guy. I, I could tell you that it's a game. I don't think I could tell you anything beyond that. I am a huge fan. Give us a 15-second synopsis for those at home. What's what's involved in Romy Cube? It's kind of like dominoes with numbers different colored numbers written on them, and you try to make three of a kind or straight with your numbers. You lay your tiles down on the on the table. Gotcha. Whoever runs out of their tiles first, Matt, is the champion. It's dominoes for people who prefer numbers to dots. Kind of, kind of. Okay. Kinda. Is that a, did, did I reduce it too much there? Was that well, a- I don't know. I, 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 you may have offended some dominoes fans. It's very possible. Or some Rummy Cube fans. I may have offended both. I don't really, I don't really know the rules to dominoes. I think there's a real possibility, Steve, that I offended both dominoes fans and Rummy Cube enthusiasts. It's possible. I've also been playing a lot of Mario Kart. Well, you and I need to get connected. Are you on Nintendo Switch? Uh, my daughter has a Switch, but I, I we're playing old school. We like the old school Mario Kart game better than the, so, the than the eight. Are you on the Wii then? Yeah, we're on the Wii U. Oh, yes. nice, nice. I've got it all going on here too. So if you ever want to do battle, you know where to find me. <laughs> uh, you know what? Jared said the same thing. Jared is on Switch, so maybe I'll maybe I'll have my daughter show me the ins and outs, and yeah. we'll hook that up. Yeah, let's make that happen. All right. Let's uh, let's get into a little hoops talk here. On Tuesday, some news, some real-life NBA news, per Adrian Wojnarowski in an appearance on ESPN, said that the NBA is hoping to finish the NBA Finals by Labor Day. Now, that doesn't mean that they will. That doesn't mean that that will happen. But that is apparently the hope that the season could be done about five months from now in early September. And in that case, the start of next season would of course be delayed what does this do for you steve well i mean that is good news i guess because you know there's also on the other hand there's there's pessimism out there from owners that they don't think that they're going to finish the season at all 
So I don't know, man. And, and, you know, for every bit of good news we get, like baseball wants to play their season in, in Arizona and with no fans, but they want to just do it and get it going, which means those of us who have fantasy baseball teams would have something to do, which would be amazing. Um, so to me, that's really positive news. But then you look at uh, the British Open is flat out canceled for the year. Like it's not even being rescheduled. It's just gone. So I, I guess we're going to have to see what happens in April. I guess April is the month, the the month that we are in right now. We have to see where we are on April 30th. I like that you really placed yourself there. I, it's important for you to anchor yourself in time when we do these podcasts, Steve, because you can get a little lost. So I like that you said that being the month that we're in right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, I think for me, ultimately, I'm at a point where I'll take any shred of optimism I can take when it comes to the sport, when I can get when it comes to the sports calendar. So the notion that this is even a possibility uh, makes me happy. And that's where I land on it. You know, Brewski, Aaron Brewski, when he, he worked with me at Roto World, we used to joke that we were going to get each other a clock for Christmas and and you can buy these clocks on the internet and if anybody wants to send me one I'll gladly take it but uh <laughs> it the only thing on the clock are the days of the week <laughs> so the one hour is Monday and then Tuesday and it, it just kind of lets you know what day of the week you're in which based on our schedule my schedule when when we're really busy with basketball I, like I'm usually you know up at three and four and five in the morning I have no idea what day it is so it, a clock like that would come in handy especially at this crazy time in the world. I'm starting to think, is it possible that this whole thing with you not knowing what day it is has been a long con to get someone to buy you a clock off the internet? Mm. <laughs> has this been a setup? <laughs> An elaborate, like, year and a half long setup? Uh, like 20 years. <laughs> I've been working on this for 20 years, and I still don't have my uh, day of the week clock. So <laughs> clearly I'm failing at it. A little more basketball news. Jumping off from some recent rotoworld.com blurbs. This one is about our Atlanta Hawks, or my Atlanta Hawks, depending on how you look at things, uh, via The <laughs> Athletic. Uh, the Hawks, and I think this is just kind of an, a bigger picture news and notes column or update column on the Hawks that I read recently. But the idea is the Hawks are trying to decide if DeAndre Hunter is a better fit at small forward or power forward. And frankly, I don't really care in terms of fantasy, but I really wanted to just use that as a reason to kind of give DeAndre Hunter's season either a postmortem or a update while we're on long pause here. And my thought was, Steve, I'm curious to hear what you think. I, I think we've been spoiled by recent rookies coming into the league and putting up monster numbers. Obviously, you know, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, these guys coming in as just ready-made studs has spoiled us a little bit. But I think Hunter is a little more of just a traditional rookie in the sense that he needs more time to adjust to the NBA game. And I still think he has a chance to be really quite good. Uh, from mid-January onward, his last 22 games, he was at 13.3 points, 6.1 boards, 1.9 dimes, 0.8 steals, 0.4 blocks, 2.03s. And the big question with him is defensive stats, of course. But when you look at those numbers, Steve, I don't think it's crazy to think that next year he could, as he continues to figure things out, jump up to, let's say, 15 points, you know, six and a half, seven rebounds up his steals a little bit over one, maybe 1.1, 1.2, up the blocks just a tiny bit to about 0.6, up the threes into maybe the mid twos. And suddenly you've got a really good fantasy player. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think he's a little bit better watching him play, you know, the eye test. I think he's a little bit better than I than I expected him to be in his rookie season. 
I also think his defensive stats are misleading. I think he's a really good defensive player. He's he's a two-way player. And if they make him their full-time starting small forward, I, I think he could be really good next year. Yeah, so I remain high on Hunter. I think this was a case where I put my expectations too high on him this year. I kept waiting for him to break out. I kept expecting it to happen. And he did have some big games, but he never really you know, sustained it. And that's understandable from a rookie. But again, our expectations with rookies have shifted a little bit. As we now shift to Chicago, uh, some news from Joe Callie of the Chicago Sun-Times that Lowry Markkinen was none too pleased with the Bulls organization this past season. The quote from the column is that he was, quote, one unhappy camper uh, (laughs) this season. I think it's interesting with Markkinen because his numbers really reflect that. Uh, The year before this one, he averaged 18.7 points, nine boards, 0.7 0.7 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.33s, was really kind of emerging as a guy who had top 30 fantasy potential. This past season, he just looked off. 14.7 points, 6.3 boards, 0.8 steals, 0.5 blocks, 2.23s. It wasn't clicking for Markinen this season, but when I look at this guy, I think he's a phenomenal kind of post-hype player for next season. He, he turns 23 in May. Yeah, I owned a lot of shares of Markin and what what pull up his game log. What was his opening opening night? Oh, dude, was it thirty eight points or something yeah, crazy like something that? Something really, really fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna pull up right now. Thirty five and seventeen. Ugh. You know, and I drafted him <laughs> in several leagues. And I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be good. <laughs> I was really excited, but you know, Jim Boylan. Like, was anybody a happy camper under Jim Boylan? I certainly wasn't. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, even no, you. Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine was. I think Zach Levine was. Even you, seven states away, uh, was unhappy under under the reign of Jim Boylan. None of those guys were happy. I mean, I think Zach was happy just because he was allowed to do whatever he wanted. He was like George Gervin, you know, playing for the Spurs back in 74, just doing everything. One man show, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I still have faith in Markinen. I think he he needs a new he needs a new team. He needs a change of scenery, Matt. <laughs> you mentioned that opening night extravaganza, thirty five points and seventeen boards. He shot twenty five times in that game, Steve. Do you know how many times the rest of the season he shot twenty or more times? Oh, twenty or more. I'll say two. Zero. Oh. He got to 19 attempts one time after that, but it was just his role just wasn't there. And I mean, I think that a lot of that goes back to coaching, right? I mean, to some extent, maybe the guy could play a little more aggressive, but his shot attempts were down from 15.3 per game to 11.8 per game. That's it. That's his lowest of his young career. I mean, he's, you're supposed to be ascending at that point, not you know dropping off drastically. So legitimately something just absurd was going on in Chicago this year. Yeah, as much as I like to rip on guys like Jimmy Dolan and Carmelo Anthony and stuff like Boylan is at the top of my list. Get him out of here. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And it, the, because the bulls had, and I've said this before, I think on this podcast, they had seemingly a pretty offensive friendly coach in place in Fred Hoiberg. And then they just kind of switched to this seemingly grouchy defensive minded stalwart. It's like, what? and he, re- on, he refused guys. to start Kobe white. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, I mean, at least he did. He it wasn't all bad. I mean, at least he did give Kobe White 
a chance to play and thrive. And Kobe White was just obviously crushing it at the end of the season. You know, some coaches would just bury that rookie on the bench and not even give him a chance. So it's not like Boylan did everything wrong in terms of, you know, making us fantasy owners happy. I'll give you that. (laughs) That's as far as you're willing to go. All right, another bit of news here. This is also from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, apparently, NBA, the NBA and ESPN have been uh, working on a made-for-TV horse competition uh, while people are in quarantine. I guess players would be kind of in their remote locations filming themselves. I think we all, all basketball enthusiasts, have considered doing this with their friends while we're stuck at home. I certainly have. I haven't gotten it organized, but what do you make of this piece of news slash non-news? You know, I haven't seen anyone jumping up and down super excited like yes nba horse competition from quarantine you know like nobody's super fired up but you know bill simmons used to talk about this all the time like he always wanted yes he a horse competition at the all-star game and the famous commercial back in the day larry bird shooting it from the rafters and, and bouncing it in and all that like those are, are both pretty fun ideas to me and i would rather watch Kevin Durant actually shooting real shots, then I would watch Kevin Durant with a remote control in his hand controlling the Indiana Pacers on 2K. So <laughs> anything live that involves shooting a basketball from NBA players, I, I'm kind of in for. So I wanted to take a second before we leave, Steve, to talk a little bit about my most recent round ball stew from Friday. And I took a long moment to try to appreciate the last decade from Kyle Lowry. Uh, Since 2010, when he became more or less a full-time NBA starter, he has, well, he's never finished worse than 65th. That was kind of the outlier, worst season he had over the last decade. But the last seven years, he's had four top 20 seasons, two top 12s. This year, uh, before things were interrupted, he was 19th overall in nine category leagues, nearly 20 points and eight assists per game, nearly three three-pointers per game. And, and he's 33 years old, Steve. So this, to me, it's a very select group of guys who are over 30 who I would draft next season. And I think the list comes down to like LeBron James, Chris Paul, James Harden, Kyle Lowry. It's a very short list, and I'm probably leaving off a couple of names. But Lowry, for me, is a guy that I trust, even though he's approaching his mid-30s. What's interesting about this, and and Mike is not here to defend himself, but Gallagher, a couple years ago, was all about Lowry. Like He's like, Lowry is going to go crazy this year. And and I think that was probably in Lowry's 31 or 32-year-old season, which is weird because Mike likes to draft guys who are super young. Lowry didn't really fit the mold, and Gallagher was all about him. And, And while Lowry didn't necessarily blow it up or, or or do quite what we thought he would he's still still really good I mean he's been a top 40 guy for forever so but yeah I think he's gonna be I don't think age is gonna slow him down next year either yeah I mean he's always an injury risk so that's fine and he's not a great shooter percentage wise but overall he's just been a very consistent stud you know 17th 31st 11th 12th 29th 36th 19th over the last seven years and he's a guy who doesn't end up being that pricey in drafts, who has top 15 upside. I just think, you know, again, I, and I, I have more thoughts in a second about guys over 30 because I did some more research on this. But Lowry is one I trust. And now, Steve, that brings me to the next chapter of this, which is I went back over the last 15 years uh, using basketballmonster.com looking at 
players at the age of 30 or beyond who have had top 12 fantasy seasons. Okay, so a top 12, basically first round fantasy season at the age of 30 or older. Do you want to know what I found? Yes. There were 39 of those. There have been 39 seasons over 15 years from a guy 30 or older of first round caliber. And really, that's that kind of sounds like a lot, but that's basically two and a half per year. And there were a bunch of repeats, right? So you had guys like Ray Allen, who did it multiple times. Marcus Camby did it multiple times. Kevin Garnett did it multiple times. Dirk Nowitzki did it a bunch of times. Dirk Nowitzki had a, a first-round season at age 35. Chris Paul, LeBron James. So you have all of these kind of repeat performers doing this in their 30s. And almost all of them are Hall of Famers, right? Right, and that's what I learned. So essentially, yeah, with a few outliers, all of these guys are Hall of Famers. Like I mean, Anderson Verjao? <laughs> Anderson Verjao was the funniest <laughs> one, who who in 25 games in 2012-13 was 10th overall. He was just out of his mind before he got injured that season. Hassan Whiteside did it this year at age 30. Kyle Lowry did it at age 30. Who else did I have who's not necessarily a surefire Hall of Famer? Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap. I don't know where you land on Marcus Camby. Uh, I don't think Camby's a Hall of Famer, but I, I, I really like him. Camby was incredible. In his early 30s, he had three top eight seasons in a row at 31, 32, and 33. That was awesome. Anyways, yeah, getting back to the point that you made for me, almost all these guys are Hall of Famers. So I guess what I took away from this is you can draft guys who are over 30, but don't draft a random guy who's (laughs) over 30. You know, don't draft just a, if a middle of the road guy hits 30, you know, I'm not drafting him anymore. That's what I've concluded. That's my new philosophy. Danilo Gallinari, right, who actually was good this year at 30. I'm getting scared of him at age 31. He seems like a classic example to me of a guy who could really fall off quickly, a guy who's had some injury problems, who's now on the other side of 30. I think people were scared of him in the first place, but now numerically, I think statistically, the odds are really stacked against him. And again, anyone anyone in the middle of the draft, if they're 30 or over, I am, I'm just staying away. Yeah, I was going to say you were more scared of Danilo Gallinari because we're already <laughs> all, we're, everybody's scared of Danilo Gallinari. But right. circling back to our man Kyle Lowry with this discussion, like Kyle Lowry is not just a random guy, but he's also not, he's not a Hall of Famer. And it wouldn't take much for his steep, quick decline to happen. You know, it would, another point guard stepping up, Fred Van, Van Vliet or whatever, getting traded to another team would, would probably ruin Kyle Lowry. So I don't think Lowry's a surefire bet. But if all the elements stay the same, then I think you're safe with Lowry. If if any of those things change, then I'm a little nervous. No, you're right. And I and I could it could easily backfire on me, right, taking him next season. But I think his talent reaches above a level that I think uh, his talent and track record, he's done it at 33. I think I'd probably roll the dice on him one more year. And by the way, for Gallinari, he was 31 this past season. So he's already there in terms of risk. And he was already there in terms of risk. But he was really good for OKC this year. So maybe he's another guy who's going to defy the odds. I just think statistically, if you're looking for a reason or a tiebreaker between guys in the middle of your draft, that number 30 is it when we get into the middle rounds. I'm with you, man. Hey, remember last week when we were talking about your drive-through liquor store and how I was going to make a trip to Atlanta? Yeah. Well, did you did you do it? I did not, but because all of the restaurants in my little small town are now allowed to, to sell you as much beer as you want to go buy, right? And they, like, you pull up and they bring it out to your car, put it in your trunk. You don't have to touch anybody. You don't have to do anything. It, it's pretty incredible. 
So you could order from a bar, let's just say hypothetically, if you, I don't know, you wanted to order 48 beers from a bar, you could just do that. I bought a case of Creature Comforts Tropicalia. Great choice. They brought it to my car and put it in my trunk and I paid over the phone with my credit card. And you paid $7 per beer (laughs) at bar prices. That's the crazy thing. It's cheaper than anywhere else. It's $10.50 for a six. Wow. Nice. It's like twelve ninety nine at the gas station. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, dude. I'm I'm pretty fired up about it. That's nice. Well, now the tables have turned. I'm I'm now going to drive up to Delanaga to buy some beer. <laughs> you should. I'll, we'll we'll go to Shenanigans Irish Pub and we will have them load up our cars with all the tropicalia they have. How often, when you go near Shenanigans, do you make the joke from uh, Super Troopers? The next guy who says Shenanigans. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I, I've heard that before, but I'm not, I, I've never, you know, somebody said on Facebook the other day, like, what movie have you not seen that you need to see during this quarantine period? And I, I probably need to put Super Troopers on my, you, on my list. You need to do that actually right when we hang up. <laughs> I'm going to get in the car and start driving to shenanigans. You go watch the shenanigans scene from Super Troopers. And dude, I'm still obsessed with... Um, tiger king memes like the whole <laughs> i'm never going to recover financially recover from this like my wife and i say that to each other every time oh, we man. spend money now oh man that that was something else yeah it's crazy it, it really was all right well steve it's been a pleasure to the rest of you uh take a moment to rate and review us but what i normally say oh don't forget to subscribe to the show on apple podcast spotify stitch wherever you listen take a moment to rate and review us as well we are back here every wednesday next wednesday next wednesday Wednesday. next wednesday mike gallagher is putting out friday episodes as well so look out for those i think that's it thanks to all of you for listening steve thanks for taking the time man see y'all peace the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.